You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702. Family Matters. Today I want us to reflect on being raised as firstborn children. We are the so-called deputy parents as firstborns. How did you navigate the dynamics of being a firstborn child? That burden of responsibility, the pressure to be a role model, to lead by example, be responsible, carry the family name and legacy. The pressure can be a lot. You are the first one expected to be a reflection of the hopes and dreams of your parents. And for many people, the effects of such pressures are so long-lasting that they follow you into adulthood. And then it starts affecting your relationships, starts affecting your friendships. So I want you to tell me what your experience was as a firstborn child. How did you navigate that pressure? How did that experience affect you as an adult? Because for some, the pressure and the experience can generate resentment, maybe for your parents or for your siblings, frustration, even anxiety. And the reality is, when you're a first child, your parents are doing this parenting thing for the first time. So they're still figuring it out. So a lot of mistakes are going to be made. Have you ever wondered how even the way we as firstborns experience our parents is different to how our siblings do? Many of us firstborns experienced beating when we misbehaved. And then the ones who come after us, after us have it easy, you know. Maybe in your context, they receive timeouts or lost privileges when they do something wrong. Or maybe things were hard at home financially when you were born and things changed for the better as your siblings were born. How did you navigate being a first child? And as a parent who's raised that first child, what did you observe about your first child and how they were navigating that responsibility they had even to their siblings? 011-883-0702. That's where you can give us a call or you can share your experiences with us on the WhatsApp line. 072-702-1702. 702. Family Matters. Dr. Komoto Mosakwane is a counseling psychologist. Masukwane. Apologies. Yes. Is a counseling psychologist who is going to help us in this conversation, thank you for making time, uh, Dr. Masukwani. Good morning. Good morning, Clement. How are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. Are you a firstborn yourself? <laughs> no, I'm a lastborn. Oh, I'm the baby. Oh, 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 tell <laughs> I'm me. the full bright of the I family. I can live at the lastborns. So um, l- let's start talking about the dynamics from the parents point of view because for many of them they're having this child it's their first they're navigating this parenting thing they're really not sure how to deal with this and the other issues i imagine that contributes in the experiences we have as firstborn children that fact that this is the first time that the parents are actually doing this thing so some mistakes are going to be made yeah that that's true it's um, yeah, first, because for first time parents, especially depending the younger they are, 
then also there's that element of they really don't know what they're doing. They mm. don't know what to expect. So when I as the firstborn, basically we start attack. You are the trial and error child. Unfortunately, they try things out. You know, they learn from you. Um, or what works, what doesn't work with parenting. Um, once it's something that they used to do with you, then when they, as they have more kids, they tend to relax a bit more because now they're a bit more confident. They're not as nervous. They're not as anxious. They have more. They've got some skills under their belt, so they tend to relax a bit more with the kids that come after the firstborn child. Mm. And unfortunately, yeah, when I as the firstborn, Shane, you get the brunt of that learning curve. Yeah, born. Yeah, yeah. What are some mm. of the pressures that you know firstborns have to bear? Um, I spoke earlier about the burden of responsibility. It's almost like you cannot falter. Like you've just got to be mm. perfect. You've got to lead by examples. Mm. If you make a mistake, mm. how dare you? What message are you sending to your siblings? Mm. What are the pressures mm. that firstborn children experience and how did it ca- how does it catch up with them when they're older right in adulthood now they have mm. to raise your, your own kids or they have to navigate friendships mm. they have to navigate romantic mm. relationships mm. yeah some of the pressures it's, it's those expectations that you know they put all their hopes dreams and expectations onto this first child you have to be as a first child you're expected to be perfect like you said you can't do no wrong you because now you are that you know you're a reflection of them you're a reflection of what kind of parents they are so you're expected to be number one responsible um and when it comes to school you have to be clever and uh, very intelligent and attentive and you have to be that diligent child um and when you have siblings you have to be now the like you said deputy parent or surrogate parent as I like to call it you have to now step in where the parents can't and that's a lot of responsibility for a child who's also still growing up they also don't know what they're doing um so then kids like that who who go through those kinds of pressures then they might grow up into adults who are anxious themselves mm. or who put unnecessary pressure onto their own kids as well as themselves so Whereby Kimo, you're fine over them. You know, you you get 99% in an exam. It's like, but where's the 1%? Mean, yeah. If nothing is ever good enough, you mm. know, so there's that extra pressure that you have to be perfect at everything. You cannot miss a step, yeah. which it, is really an unrealistic expectation to put on anyone. Yeah. And then Komoto comes as the last born, got 65%. And yeah. you must have a party. Well, at born, home. And they're like, oh, baby. Yeah. It's like, oh, baby, you so well. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Uh, what in fact let, let's let's follow up on that you know maybe we, we we can talk about the kind of reaction that elicits from that firstborn when they see the different approaches you know from from parents on how they're raising us do you think that also generates mm. some kind of resentment one of the things i yes. notice with myself mm. is you know the parents you know and also again you know they're getting older so their approach to parenting changes and also they've learned a lot, mm. you know, since you were yes. born 33 years ago. Mm. So, so what you pick up is there's often then a close relationship that the siblings have yes. with the parents. And, you know, sometimes you're mm. thinking, but how is it that I don't have that kind of, I mean, I'm very close, you know, mm. to, 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 especially mm. my mom. Um, but my siblings are more, more closer to my mom. And, mm. and, and I wonder if, do you have instances where sometimes in 
observing how the parents may even discipline you and how they disciplined you compared to how they are now disciplining the, the younger ones that come after you, can it generate a tension among siblings? Yes, it, it can. You can uh, competition between the siblings. There's that sense of competition because initially, when you are number one, you know, as the firstborn, you are a, the favored child. Now these little people come and now you must share the the attention with them. You must share your parents' affection. And then to make things worse, they treat the, your siblings a bit better than they treat you. So then that also tends to seem a bit unfair. You do become resentful. Um, you know, there's that. You look at them, you're like, and then you might actually feel a bit unwanted. Or, oh, okay, so now is that, you know, the, 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 like I said, the starter pack. Mm. So now why <laughs> don't I have the same yeah. relationship with my parents? And, you know, it just from your perspective, it seems like, ah, oh, your siblings have it easier. But then, you know, as a child, you don't also realize, you know, some of these things that are from like I said, your parents, they learn from you. They learn as they get older, they mature. And then also time to mature. They learn a bit more about parenting, what works, what, what doesn't work. So hence, then you might find they're a bit more closer to the, to the, to your siblings. But the little thing, because we're living in different times, kids nowadays, they're more outspoken. We teach our kids now that they mustn't stand for nothing. They mustn't take BS. They must stand up for themselves. You know, it's no longer a thing of kids are to be seen and not heard. Now it's like you must speak up, have a voice. Hence, then your siblings might have a better relationship with your parents because they're a bit more vocal. And your parents mm. have actually fostered that relationship with them. They've learned that it gets your kids to talk to you. And with you, in hindsight, yes, they wish they could have done that, but maybe live on where they are. They're thinking maybe it's too late now for us to try and fix that with the firstborn. So let's do better with the kids that come after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh one one eight eight three oh seven oh two. How did you navigate being your firstborn? Um and I wanna hear from also the last borns, right? Or the middle children. How did you observe and how was your relationship with, you know, your brother or or your sister, the first child at home? And as parents what did you observe about that, that relationship between siblings and, and how your children, the first children, um, navigated being firstborn children? Let's start with some of your WhatsApp voice notes that have come through. Good morning, Clemmy. Uh, for me, one thing that I learned from being a firstborn or a deputy parent is that I've learned to be responsible. And that I've grown up with, even in my household, I've taken it to my household. And even worse, I got married to a last born. <laughs> well, you know the last borns. I always say, you know what, they are the babies. And But that's a story for another day. <laughs> so that has brought me to have a backbone, has taught me to have, a, has taught me a lot to be a firstborn, honestly. And I'm trying to instill that to my daughter. Uh, she's the firstborn of uh, two kids. I'm trying to making her more responsible and more uh, being well a deputy parent. <laughs> thank yeah. you. Simpio from Midrand. <laughs> Simpio, thank you for that. Um, <laughs> in fact, uh, you know, Dr. Masakwan, maybe we should look at the positive aspects as well because it's not mm, all doom yes. and gloom. I mean, Simpio says I learned to be yeah. responsible. I think that's one of the things I mm. take as the firstborn. I learned yeah. to be responsible. Oh, and I learned conflict resolution skills. So when the siblings fight or there's tension between one of the siblings and the parents, 
you've got to come in um, and be able to resolve that. So those are some of the things I took out. So there are some positives to being the deputy parent. Mm, yes, there are. Yeah, there are, you know, and that sense of responsibility. That's why if you would look at a family where there's like three or four siblings, the firstborn usually, in most instances, they're the ones who go on to be more successful, more well-adjusted in terms of what they achieve, what they do um, in the, with their lives, rather than the, the middle child and sometimes even the last one, then you'll find that those tend to be the black sheep of the family. It's very rare for firstborn to be the black sheep in any family. Well, we are not allowed to. We're um, supposed to be perfect, mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, that sense of responsibility. So there are some positive qualities to be yeah. the firstborn. Um, and I think also one thing to take into consideration is also the age gap between the siblings. Mm. The The bigger the gap, then I, I think the then the bigger the difference in how the parents raise the kids. But if the firstborn and the secondborn or and the other kids they tend to be closer, they tend to get about the same kind of they raise the same way. Um, they basically raise each other rather than when mm. there's a big gap. That's when you tend to see the differences actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Phineas in Renberg, good morning. Morning, you How are you, my brother? I'm all right, man. How are you? I'm good, my man. I just want to comment, man. I like the topic. I'm not a firstborn, but I'm acting as a firstborn in my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember, being a, a firstborn is like you're being a parent before a parent. Because mm. mm. you take too much responsibilities to your siblings. Uh, I want to talk about myself. Myself, I raised all my siblings as the one that comes behind me. Mm. I had, remember, I had to drop at school. Mm. Just because to take care of our uh, my siblings, my friend. Wow. So, yeah, being a, a firstborn is a, it's a difficult thing. Mm. People can notice it because, uh, remember, when our parents go to work, we must take care of our the, the, the young ones. Mm. And when the, when the parents come back from work, they ask you, did the kids eat? Did they go to school? Mm. Mm. Did they, did they do homework? Remember, you have to do homework for them. You have to cook for them. You have to bath them. So a vegan fast boy is a difficult thing, my man. Yeah. I do like your topic today. So, so Phineas, I'm, I'm just interested. So you had to drop out of school so you can, you know, take, take care of your, of your siblings. How was your relationship after you did that? So were many of them, at least, did they find work? And do you feel there was an appreciation? Because for some people who took that risk and, and, and made that sacrifice, mm. sometimes they feel sad when after everything they've done to raise these siblings and, and try and give them the education, they never got to get themselves. There's no appreciation whatsoever. And I wonder in your, in your situation how things are. My, my, my man, let me tell you, these guys, when you, after helping them, they don't, they don't take care of you. You can you can you can, build, you can take a loan and build a house at the house at your home, but at the end of the day, they want to tell you to go and look for stand for yourself. While you're still mm-hmm. paying a loan, you yeah. build for the house. Those kinds they don't they don't take care of our as a they, mm-hmm. they, they think we must go and do things for ourselves while we've been taking care of them. Yeah, and while you, they're still growing. And yeah, and you've delayed mm. your, your own successes just so you can, you know, mm. care for them first. Oh, Phineas, thank you for for that contribution. Um, I think Dr. Masako and you know Phineas is raising <laughs> another important issue here of 
sacrifice. I mean, for, for some firstborn yes. children, they literally had to drop out. You know, I know my mom often tells yeah. me the story of how, you know, you know, their own firstborn, my uncle, you know, also had mm. to drop out and go work. I don't know, in the mines or somewhere to mm. try and ensure they're able to go to university. And to this day, my mom still feels, you know, she owes not just appreciation, uh, but so much, mm. you know, to the brothers mm. and every opportunity available. Mm. She wants us as her children to also show that appreciation. But that's not always the case, as you hear from Phineas's point. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, 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 that's just one of the sad aspects of it, whereby then you find that you as the eldest, then you have to give up your own dreams. Um, you know, you lose, you basically give up your childhood to ensure that your siblings can enjoy their, their childhood. Um, especially, you know, when there's that financial responsibility now that's added. Uh, of course, because then you don't want your siblings to starve. You don't want your family to go without. You want your your siblings to have the best. You want them to have the best education, because that is the kind of the sense of responsibility that's been instilled in you by your parents. Um, so then, with that said, you know when now after you've done all of that, you've given up part of your life. Then you have your siblings who are not appreciative, who do not reciprocate, or who do not even can't even say a simple thank you. That does tend then to add onto mm. that animosity, that toxicity within your relationship. Obviously, then the relationship will break down because then where they are, they feel like, ah, oh, but you had to. It was your job. It's yeah. your duty. But at the end of the day, it wasn't. Mm. You were a child as well. You only had things that you wanted to do. But because of that sense of the rela- um, responsibility and the affection that you have towards your siblings, you felt like, you know what? If my parents can't do it, but I can, why not? Um, it, you know, so. It's it's a very it's like a it's a very t- sensitive thing because mm. you, there's no guarantee how your siblings are going to react. All you hope for is that they will appreciate and they will recognize the sacrifices that you made in order for them yeah. to have the lives that they have. Yeah, we, we must also be careful not to have you know, and this is not to say we are you know we're not we're not suggesting that first bonds must also feel entitled mm. to some mm, kind of exactly. payback. You know, because sometimes the first bonds exactly. will say, "Hey, when." Yeah. Uh, I dropped you know, out. Yeah, you I know, did just the... a simple, just a simple thank you. Thank, thank you. you yeah, know, thank you for yeah. giving for giving off your time. Thank you for that. I think that's the bare minimum. If somebody wants to do more for you, that's their they choice. Can. It should not be like you saying that expectation or I did this for you, therefore. Mm, I, I once had one. I once had the story yeah. of one firstborn who said, "How dare you buy." A car at least make sure i have a car ah. first because the reason you're ah. even able to afford a car is because i <laughs> I, I took a loan uh, so you can go to school so some some are very entitled timber yeah, you're calling no. from kempton park good morning hi Clement, how are you good man how are you i'm good Clement, you know you touched on a very uh, interesting subject here but let me give you my story uh, mm. in my case my my, my students appreciate all the sacrifices that I did for them. I also had to drop out of my second year at some point. I had to graduate while I was, you know, started working. But I had to look after them, uh, and they appreciate what I've done for them. Up until now, I know that they can do anything for me, you know, uh, if, 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 if I have to ask. But the downside of it, Clement, is that, uh, you know, uh, when I grew up, my father was very strict. But I feel that he was more strict on me compared to my siblings, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got the hardest beatings compared to my siblings. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I I got to 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 be to be punished more than my siblings. Uh, 
Mm. And I can tell you now, uh, it's something that, that stays with you for a very long time. Up until now, Clement, uh, there's, there's ways that I speak to my dad. You know, there's still that little fear. Mm. But my little sister does not have that. You know, he can say whatever, she can say whatever she wants to say to my dad. And sometimes when she says it, the way she, she says it, you know, I, 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 I personally get scared because in, in my world, I, I would never ever dream of speaking to my dad like that, you mm. know. So, you know, I even complained to some of the family members to say that, but this man is hard on me compared to, 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 to my siblings. Why is that? And I remember one of my cousins said to me, maybe he's got so much hope in you and, and he's living his life through you. You know, uh, he wants to rectify certain things through you. I don't know if that makes sense, but I still say that as a firstborn, you know, you, 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 strong, you know, and they deal with you decisively compared to, to your siblings, you know. Mm. So uh, I appreciate my siblings and I know they appreciate me, but I still have that in my mind to say that, you know, my dad was very strict on me uh, and, and, and it was sometimes a bit unfair, you know. Yeah. I, I felt that it was a bit unfair, you know, mm. uh, and I still have it with me now. It's, it's not something that goes away. Yeah. And I look at him now, he's old, and, and, I, and I remember all the beatings, and in some of the cases, it was not even my fault, you know. Uh, if, my, if my siblings did something wrong, and uh, it was, Kemba, why didn't you guide them? Why mm. did you show them, you know? Mm. And I'm the one getting the beating. So, hey. yeah, it, 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 it really is it's something else, right? Yeah. And we're not even it, talking it, it, about spanking, mm. Temba, hey? like serious yeah. beating. Mm. I mean, I still have yeah, memories. Have beatings, right? Remember Lepanta, Lela. In my case, uh, uh, <laughs> I still have a scar on my hand. Oh, goodness. You know? Yeah. I look at it now and, and I think it's still there. And, and, and I'm thinking about something that happened like 20, 25 years yeah. ago. So, you know? But it's still there. I look at it and think to myself, but this was not unfair. This was mm. very unfair. You know? yeah. And it's and, affected and, and our relationships with It know, has. Our it fathers. has. It yeah. has. I look at my father and, you know, sometimes I, 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 I just don't, you know, I look at him and I think to myself, you know what, man? Uh, you were so unfair to me, mm. you know. Uh, and now that he's old, I need to look after him. I need mm. to take care of him. Mm. And amazingly, Clement, uh, now that he's old, uh, whenever he needs something, uh, I'm his first call, you know. Mm. Uh, mm. And, and he always says that Timber will always make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm sorted in everything mm. that I ask for, mm. you know. Yeah. So it's not easy being a firstborn. So it's really not. It's easy. not. Timber, I want you to listen to, mm. I'm going to put you back to to the producers now. See, so yeah, help Temba get the podcast of the conversation. I think it was a healing hour. And Temba, I think yeah. it's going to help you, man. We were talking about how we can survive the traumas we had as, as children. And I mean, I even shared my story of how I used to be beaten. In fact, I want to call it assault because there's yeah. no way you yeah. discipline a child like that yeah. where you beat no. them as if, you know, um, there's no tomorrow. And that thing exactly. affects the relationship with our fathers to a point where... Yeah. You, you don't, because you've always seen them as these monsters who just want to inflict pain on you. You've not That's experienced them um, as That's loving fathers. And I know they did what they could. And that doesn't mean we don't love our fathers. Of course we do. You know, he's my dad and mm. I love him to bits. But I'm saying, if you look at the relationship we have, it's not the best. Because you grow up looking at him as this Someone who doesn't even allow you to make a mistake. One simple mistake, you are in trouble. You're going to get the beating of your life. So when you grow older, it's not so easy to just switch. You know, you switch and then now we are these <clears throat> besties. And I remember getting a call from a listener who said, Clement, I can drive with my dad for three hours and I can't even say a single word to him. Because to me, I've not experienced him as that dad I can talk to. 
I've experienced him as someone I'm fearful of. So when you are a parent and you are disciplining your children in that manner, think about the consequences down the line. It's 1131. Family Matters. All right, let's go straight to your calls now. Clive in El Dorado Park, good morning. Hi, good morning. How are you, Clement? Good. Hey, I'm good. How are you? Good, man. Go ahead. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, my my experience of being of being the first was quite uh, traumatic because, you know, sometimes you grow up in a family whereby you are the first and then you live with, also with, with your cousins mm. and then in the same house. And then your granny used to be there. You know, the granny becomes like the person who would be always looking after the first. And then when the granny died, and then you have now family squabbles for the house, you know, now you have to be like a husband to your mom, you know, mm. because you must defend mm. her. Yeah. And Oof. there's family dramas going in. Your mom is the eldest between the sisters, and there's their drama now happening. Now you're a child. You get pulled into adult stuff. Mm. And you start, you start picking up a bit of resentment towards what your family is doing towards your mom. And mm. all of a sudden now you're a husband figure, you know. Long story short, now you're getting the house and now you must now be a provider to your siblings because the stepdads are no longer there. And then my mom is unemployed. My mom has got no education. She gets a job to go and work as like a maid, a sit-in maid or what people call like a stay-in maid. Now I have to be mother, father to my siblings and I'm still longing for this big brother figure because everybody talks about a big brother. I can't talk about a big brother because I must be a big brother and I must mm. also be a husband and I must be a friend. And you go through all of that whole dynamics whereby you're feeling like life is really unfair. Mm. And then when mom comes back, uh, like on a Friday from her work, she's not there to help. You can't be like a child to also expect things with your hand out. You must see how mommy will look after the others. And then you mm. feel like, but what am I really? When I'm, I am bleeding here, but I must lead someone, you know? Because you feel for that sense of longing where somebody can say you're doing well, mm. doing great, but you don't really know what is the measuring stick for someone to tell you that you're a son. And that, that's where sometimes you get people that goes into wrong relationships with friends. Because mm. now you can get friends mm. that are doing alcohol and drugs, and they can give you money to be the father figure at home. Because your siblings don't care where the money is coming from. They just want to know, they just want to eat. And you must now try to navigate that with schoolwork, with siblings, and finding yourself and having a mom that is not there. Mm. So that whole experience then turned out to be with the wrong friends that you can have, you can end up in jail. Long story short, when mm. you grow up, I've made some decisions that has actually helped me. I started going to church, and all I longed for was like a father figure. You know, whenever I went to a church, I was looking for a dad man, a man that can be like a father figure mm. in my life. And when you find that kind of relationship where someone says, well done, my son, now you feel like a boy again. Because someone says to you, son, but at home they don't see you as a son. They see you as a father because you're a source. Mm. You're a provider. Oof. You must provide because they want to know that you make a plan. And yet you long to be that father where you can speak to your father like a son speaks to his dad about girls and all those kind of things. But your focus now is really split between mm. mom's having a problem Siblings need your help. You must find yourself. And all of that makes one become really sometimes resentful towards life. You ask, like, life is really hard. Mm. Life is tough. And then you grow up, 
and you see the middle ones coming up through and you provide whatever you can. You never even had a DSTV, but you help them to get DSTV. And then the little one comes up, he's also a boy, and he feels more entitled. Mm. And then sure. that puts you in a place where you feel that you don't know what it's life all about. Yeah, Clive, couldn't have said it better, man. My goodness. Mm. Um, you've really taken us through just the detail um, of how you were impacted by then. And sure, that's that's the thing, Dr. Masakwana, right? The experiences mm. are mm. different for everyone. I mean, yes. Clive talks about yeah. being a son or even the firstborn to a single mom, which has its own complications yes. where you've got mm. to take mm. on the position of being even a husband to your mom. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's, you know, like you just said, the different circumstances, different um, makeups of families, they also impact you as a firstborn, the role that you play in terms of how much of a role or how little of a role you actually have, you know, how much of the responsibility now has to fall on you. And you can hear from Clive that it can actually be very, it can be a lot of responsibility than you as the firstborn son or daughter then have to take onto your own shoulders to ensure that the household is running. Mm. Yeah, let's go. Hillary, you're calling us from Norwood. Good Hi. Morning. Hi. Morning, how are you? Good, Hillary. how are you? I'm well, thank you. Okay, I was the oldest of six children. Mm. In 1963, my father became a political refugee. He was an ANC supporter. We had to leave the country. Mm. We were battling overseas. There was no nanny. We'd left our whole family behind here. My mother had number four overseas, and she was ill. She had a nervous breakdown. The baby came home, and I became his mother. I was 12 years old. Mm. When she eventually came out of hospital and reclaimed that child, I resented her. I hated her. Mm. I was beaten every day of my life. I could never do anything right. As we got older, I left home at 18. I got married just to get out of the house. When I was in a trek, I wanted to study further. My results were good. I was told I have to get a job. I paid half my salary to my mother. She used that money to buy clothes for my sister. Never did I ever get a present, nothing. Mm -hmm. I got married at 18 to leave home. When I was pregnant with my first baby, my mother fell pregnant with her sixth. And I landed up bringing him up as well. My daughter and my brother were brought up like twins. Eventually, eventually, after many years, I actually left the family, all of them. Mm. I don't even know. I know that my brothers and sister are in America. Mm. I wouldn't know where. I don't have their phone numbers. I didn't even know when my parents died. Nobody told me. I had had enough. And you know mm. what? It was the first day I was truly free and happy. Truly. Mm. And all I can say is that my whole life, I wished I was an only child. Mm. And my youngest mm. daughter just had a baby, her first baby. And it sounds like he's going to be an only child. And she asked me and I said, leave it. He'll be happy. Mm. He doesn't need more siblings. Mm. If you're happy and he's happy, go for it. And, and, and it's very hard being the oldest child. Mm. I think what middle children and third children and fourth children say, 
It's a very difficult mm. place to be. Mm. Sure, Hillary, thank and you. And that's it. No, I'm happy now. Yeah. Uh, once I got rid of them, you know they say you can choose your friends, you can't choose your family. Mm. That is so mm. true. That is so true. Mm, anyway, mm. you guys have a good day. Thank I'm you, Hillary. To work. Have a have a good day much. too. My goodness, thank you for sharing <laughs> the story with us. Yeah, sure. wow, sure. What a story. Um, again, you must guard yeah. your peace, right? What gives you peace? I exactly. mean, if you are in a family mm. that you think is toxic and it's not good for your mental health, and it's, mm-hmm. you know, why stay there when you can decide? Mm. You know what? And and especially when you've tried to make things work. I mean, you don't want to be stuck with people mm. that are not really helping you. Tando, you are in Soweto. Hi. Hi, Tando. Hello. Hello. Hi, Hi. go Hi. ahead. Sure, sure. Um, so I'm a first-born child. And um, when I was growing up, um, you know, it wasn't the responsibilities that I was given. They weren't really that hectic. But I will tell you how they affected me. For instance, I would, uh, my sister, I think that there's a two-year gap between my sister and I, the mm. one that comes after me. And then I think when I was three years old, she was a year old. And then things like, you know, playing with that toy. And then I would be told that, um, no, you know, when she's crying, give it to her. Um, she's only a baby, right? And then when she gets to three and I'm six, I observe what's going to happen. So she's still a baby. Mm. And I wasn't a baby, right? Mm. And then as they're growing mm. older, and then I had other siblings. And then, you know, it's little tasks where my mother, my mother would ask me to maybe sweep the kitchen when I was probably around seven or so, which was not really hectic. But what I used to do was to always compare myself to them. Why not them? Because they also were at an age where they could do what I was doing, right? So mm. as an adult... Mm-hmm. They became, I became, I always, it was always a matter of comparing myself to them. And that did not make me as responsible as you are. What that did to me, I, I then became less assertive because I'm always comparing myself to them. Why not them? And then mm. in the process, they became more assertive than me, right? And mm. I just sort of took a back seat. And then giving birth to my first child, I was acutely aware of what that does to a firstborn child. So I was always looking out um, for things that would affect her later in life by being given certain responsibilities. However, with my child, my first child, she is a strong-willed child. I remember going to her pediatrician and asking her that, how do I deal with my daughter? Because I will tell you, I will give an example. We were once, um, I think it was pick and pay, in the vegetable section, and I was just picking up, um, uh, I think, green peppers. Mm. And she took them back out of the trolley, took them back, and she she must have been about five at mm. the time. Said, no, not these ones, but these ones, money. Mm. And I left her, and she did that. And she would even insist on carrying the baby, my baby, like her sister. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. So as an, as she grew up, She told me that um, she feels like she's the deputy mother. And I said, I never wanted you to feel that way because I know how it was. I don't want you to to feel that way. Mm. She's like, mommy, um, innately I feel that way because it's things like, for instance, I might not be home or... And then the sisters go to her and complain. Mm. The things that you're talking about, 
conflict resolution. Mm. And then she says that that's how I feel. And then also when it comes to two parents, when your parenting skills are not aligned, it's also a challenge because her father, because Mm. now she's about 20, her father would say, okay, take the car, go pick up your kids. She would be excited. And I would say, Yes, she's excited, but I don't want her to do that because it's going to have an mm. impact in her life later on as an adult because I don't want her to be picking her because I must do that. We as a parent, we yeah. must do that. Yes, mm. and, and as mm. you can see now, as mm. she's told you, she felt you know that, that burden of responsibility. Tando, thank you um, for, for sharing that with us. Hi, Clement. As a result, I'm unhealthily independent to the extent that um, I am unable to ask for help and would rather drown on my own. Yeah, that's one of the things I've picked up even yeah. about myself, Dr. Yeah. Masakwani, is, you know, and, and yes. my friends often will, you know, say, I like saying this, um, you know, that I'm very self-sufficient. You know, I used to say it with pride, mm. like I can survive mm. <laughs> on my own, whether it's in the workspace, whether mm. it's in, in my personal, I can really but that's what you learn. That's the characters you learn. And mm. it's not okay mm. to mm. want to somehow feel you can, you are sufficient, you know, yourself. Because mm. nobody is. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's what yeah. one other person says. Heidi also says, Clement, yeah. that Hillary story, I followed the same route. I also left the whole family. Um, peace, finally. That's what Heidi says. Hi, Clement. I don't know. I don't even speak to some of my siblings because my mom used to beat wow. me so much. Um, but never did the same to my siblings. It's still playing with my mind even today. Another message says, Clement, uh, being the older sibling, you get to watch the transition from your mom being strict with you, but uh, um, not being that strict with the other siblings because that fades away um, when the other children come along. And Barbara says, Clement, I'm the I'm a last born of seven kids. High expectation is always expected from the firstborn. If the first one progresses um, and goes to university, all of us will follow. So it's good to be the firstborn. We, as the last ones, get spoiled by all of them. Yeah, that's what you last ones care about. <laughs> that's what you care about. Trevonita, you're in Jovek. Hi. Hi, good morning. Good morning. So I'm not the firstborn, but I was very privileged to be part of a, a big family where the firstborn stepped up to so many demands and needs that the family had. And I can only now, looking back, think about what a responsibility that must have been. And I don't think we said thank you enough. Mm. So Trevor Paul, mm. you listening this morning, you are the greatest firstborn I can we ever had the opportunity to know and you did an amazing job and so much that your siblings have today really had to do with how much you gave and how much you sacrificed and I'm sure all of those of you that felt that you didn't get the the thanks and the appreciation Mm. I can really say that the legacy of of all the sacrifices does live on and the Mm. people that have to pick up the baton and move forward yeah Trevor Nita thank you um, wonderful one there. Let's wow. um, wrap wow. up with these voice notes. Hi, Clement. My firstborn generally takes the leadership role and makes sure that he is leading his younger brother, whether it's in academics or in any extramurals, he's the one leading. 
and I've noticed that when he is struggling with something that he is his younger brother is doing fairly well, he beats himself very hard over it. And that's the same dynamic that I had as the last born of my family with my uh, sister, who was the first born. I took from her. She's the one who opened doors for me in terms of what can what we can achieve both academically and otherwise. So I think um, siblings do generally fit into mm-hmm. their own roles naturally. So yeah, Nolo, you'll be our last call. You're in Midrand. Hi. Madimecha, how are you? Sharp, sharp, how's it? I'm all right. You know, you know, being a firstborn, Madimecha, and having siblings, ne? you 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 tend to realize, I tend to realize that sometimes they kind of leave things to go wrong, so that they have that thing of calling and saying, "Ah, my big brother, hot man, man, help me with this." Because th- th- this is what they do, and 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 a, a whole lot of firstborns will tell you that they have sacrificed their lives. Um, in order for their siblings to 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 get whatever they they, they needed to get in there, mm-hmm. and I'm one of those, and 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 it makes me so proud sometimes. You know, my younger brother that comes after me, me and him we've been having a squabble and all of that. Mm-hmm. He calls me yesterday and he tells me, "Hey Joy, do you know how much I love you?" Mm-hmm. I'm like, you, you know, it it really softened my heart because yeah. it's not the kind of a guy that will just call and say, "I love you." He, the, the word love will will not exist towards another male to him. Mm. So it, it's such things that makes you think, that makes you appreciate all that you did for these guys to be wherever yeah. they are. Yeah, and, and appreciating the sacrifices. Mm. got you there. Mm. Um, Dr. Masakwana, uh, we've got 10 seconds left. How, how do firstborns <laughs> start the journey of now healing from those traumas so that they don't replicate, you know, the same, you know, system, you know, in their own families? Um, yeah, one of the, I mean, having insight, you know, the ones, the first ones who've called and who have been able to look back and say, oh, this happened and this is how it impacted me. Having that insight, then it also helps you to be more mindful of how you raise your own kids or how mm. you interact with your siblings. And if, you know, the trauma is that is too much for you to deal with on your own, seek out help, go see a therapist talk through these things and maybe if it's possible try and mend the relationships with yeah. your parents or your siblings just so that like you for your own sake for your own peace of mind yeah. deal with your traumas dr yeah. komoto masakwani counseling psychologist how you've been great thank you so much for making time for us